So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United Football Club and all things soccer. And as always, I'm joined by Dave and Carmen. How are y'all doing this evening? Good. good. Very good. How are you? I am very good. Just coming off of vacation week. So I was going to say, where have we been? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for the lack of content, but not really. I, I feel really good about getting my feet in some sand and it was good down in Charleston, South Carolina. Very nice. Great town. I feel like you went from vacation to vacation. Yeah. Pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. I wish I was true. I, I, <laughs> I need another vacation. Um, you notice, if, for those of you watching on the YouTube channel, you should like his jersey, ah. right? That's oh, yes. indicative of his vacation to vacation. <laughs> he has a jersey from our sponsor, Wild Heaven. I mean, that's like a beer uniform. Well, yes. Yeah, speaking of uh, Wild Heaven... I know they're known for their great beers, Dave, as you know. Yes. But this Wednesday at the Avondale Estates location is like the- Like tomorrow. In, like tomorrow. Ooh, okay. Tomorrow We're evening. We're coming to you live on Tuesday. They are now going to be serving red wines and all sorts of wines from North Georgia. So that's going to kick Whoa. off uh, in Avondale Estates here tomorrow evening. So I know a lot of the <laughs> the uh, women who like to drink wine and yes. maybe not beer, it's going to tr- hopefully attract a different crowd and- uh, okay. You know, a, a different uh, spirit over at Wild Heaven and representing, ag- again, Georgia wines. But we don't yeah. like to drink wine, Mike Adopt. <laughs> Including one of my good friends, uh, Brandon Bogner and their family. They, uh, I'm just kidding about that. They have Wolf Mountain Vineyards up in Dahlonega. Yes. Have you, have you been up there? No. Well, great. You keep telling us we're going to go. Yeah, we, should, we, we may have Those to. Those are your friends? Yes. yes. Oh, they've taken my money. And Brandon. <laughs> Brandon's a big soccer player. He's our goalkeeper in high school. He played yeah. in UAB. And uh, so we, we need to have him sponsor and be a guest on the podcast at some point. Very nice. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, go over to Wild Heaven, enjoy some Wolf Mountain Vineyards and some other Dahlonega-based wines, and they will also be serving red wine at the uh, West End location in the next week or two as well. Okay. Yeah. Good intel. I like it. How about, speaking of intel, Carmen, I'm going to put you in the spot. Uh With Miami being an MLS and you on social media and Instagram, (laughs) like, what what kind of gossip is out there? What about Pizzagate? Are you... Oh, oh, see, what's this? I don't even know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's basically how we supposedly, right? How we found out that Messi that's how wasn't we found out, yeah. playing. Apparently on Insta, he posted a picture of the pizza he was eating the mm. night before. So mm-hmm. one, he's eating pizza the night before a game. And two, he's not eating pizza in Atlanta. Not in Atlanta. Not in Atlanta. Okay. He posted the home pizza delivery, which meant that he is clearly this, hadn't traveled the with same, the team. Is this the same meme that has him like with a rum and Coke wherever he is? Like they, Someone like photoshops like him with a rum and Coke like on the side. All I know is two things. One... Is that there was a bunch of people who were like, that's the worst looking pizza ever. You should get pizza in a better place than Miami. And then two, ironically, after that, 
For the next week, there's a line around the block at that pizzeria. Are you serious? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, dude, I could have the same pizza as Messi. I know. It was one of those healthy pizzas. So like th- there's a juxtaposition there between the crappy looking pizza and everybody still wanting it because Messi was having yeah. it. Yeah. And didn't, didn't Atlanta post something back like after we beat him? Like a, like a something? They, like some well, the, the best pizza? troll, I don't know about the pizza, but the address troll was like, next time, bring your whole squad. Ah, okay. Gotcha, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. Okay. Uh-huh. So while we're on the subject of Messi, like he didn't come to Atlanta. No, he did so not. So we had a lot of the disappointed uh, <laughs> folks that bought expensive tickets. What? Not People ours, to right? see Messi? But, um, <laughs> yeah, who went to Who You used our tickets, by the way. Well, we had four that went in the raffle for yeah. the uh, um, for the museum school. Right. That was good. And then Quentin used the other four. Oh, good. So Quentin got to use them. Excellent. Um, so they really said fatigue was the reason he wasn't playing in Atlanta, but more news has come out, right? That it's scar, some scar tissue related injury. What does that even mean? It's exactly what I told you it meant, Mikey Dobbs. He's old, right? <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> That's what that I, means. I know uh, what like weird little, you know, aching injuries are all about, but they didn't define where is this scar tissue. I've Remember curious. when I said that there was no way that he was going to consistently play all the minutes or whatever, and it was ultimately going to be, are we even going to be happy? Nobody's going to see Messi? Mm-hmm. Because it's at that age when, and that amount of pounding, and that number of games, and that many tackles, because he always has the ball. Mm. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's had a pretty good little break here. He didn't play much on the World Cup qualifier break he didn't play against atlanta united and he came out in another game and he hasn't played in this last game that uh they tied so he's had a pretty good break here right we're gonna see him wednesday night and that's tomorrow right supposedly is that for the the u.s open cup final the lamar hunt cup open yeah where's that being played hmm that's a good question it's always a neutral no 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 it's i'm not sure yeah, it's I don't the know. Final? I'm not sure where it is. Did you already look this up, Mikey Dabbs? I did not look it up. <laughs> I did not. Houston Dynamo to be relevant. Yeah, it's at there. Houston, so yeah, they're home. They're at home. That's going to be a tough one, especially if Messi doesn't play, which I think he will. Right? They want to supposedly they were resting all those players in order to get to, another trophy. Right? Yeah. Two trophies in one right. season. That's a, a successful run for Miami regardless, right, given how how things started. So Oh wait, it might be in Florida. I think it's in it says Fort oh, Lauderdale, at, Florida. It's at yeah, it's at the uh hmm. Pink Stadium. Yeah. Oh, there you go. All right. Uh so what do you think? They win that game? What's yes. Your, well, yes. I mean assuming Messi plays assuming for Messi, sure. Assuming Messi plays they win. Yeah. Okay. Now that, Houston's not that good. Sorry, I'm just going to finish. <laughs> I'm going to just keep going on the messy train since we're on. Right. So, okay, it. they win that game. I agree with you. I think, yep. I think you know, it's kind of written. They should be able to get two trophies, and uh, that's a success story. But if they win, in, in the line of thinking that maybe you will win the bet that they won't make the MLS Cup playoffs. Well, yesterday, did you see the game yesterday? Yeah, against Orlando, they ended up tying it. They were yeah, winning they were it. up. And they were, you know, I was like, okay, I was, I was like, I'm going to be right against Dave here. Without Messi, they're going to win. And then, nope. of course, uh, they come back and tie. Yeah, Orlando's yeah. a good side. And that's that was my point when we were looking at their schedule. I said, look, 
if Messi's not playing all the time, even with Tata, who's a terrific coach, they're not good enough to beat the best sides without Messi. Yeah. Right? And so they were. I said, you know, they were like, oh, you're like, are you thinking you're going to lose? And I'm like, nah, they're probably just going to get ties. But ties is not enough at this point. They need wins. Yeah. They need three points. But some of the chips have fallen Miami's way with the other teams uh, not, not getting the right results that are kind of in that middle spot. Uh, so mathematically, they still have, you know, a good puncher shot at it. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you What do you think at this point? Still no. I think it might be too much at this point. Still no. I'm yeah. Still a no. Because the other thing about it is, as I said, you know, I I was like a month ago or a month and a half ago, I was talking about how the U.S. Open Cup final is going to land right in the middle of this whole thing, yeah. and they're going to want to win that. Yeah. So they have to. So I they're going to do exactly what I thought. Now I didn't think you know. Messi was necessarily going to get hurt, but I'm like, they're going to rest players to be ready for that and probably rest players coming off of that because they're just, it's, it's a high profile game. They got to yeah. win that. If you're Tata, you can't say we might make an amazing run to the playoffs. No one's going to criticize him for not making the playoffs because that wasn't his fault. They were in last, last yeah. place, right. but they are going to criticize him if he loses the cup final. So, yeah, I agree. They're going to you know, throw him out there and see what he can do health-wise to win the cup. Uh, then the question is, mathematically, you know, it's going to be a hard run, even with Messi, to make the playoffs. So maybe, Carmen, you can pull up their next game after the cup. Because um, they play again on the weekend against somebody. Uh, New, York, New York City. New York City. And New York City, what the- we thought was going to be one of the weaker games they had, but they've been playing better of late. Yeah. So that's, you know, coming off a sat- Wednesday night and then they play Saturday. You know, Messi's not going to certainly not going to go 90 minutes in both of those games. Right. I mean, you might well, he might not even play. Felipe Cardenas was questioning whether he even will play out the rest of the season, MLS season after they if if they are to win the Lamar Cup trophy, do you just rest them and say wait till next season? That was his, that was his thinking. Not not if you're not eliminated from the right. playoffs, you can't. But then, then, then you <laughs> go. You go into that New York game, resting him again, and say, think, "Hey, the rest of the team, you guys got to go get it done." I mean, if I'm Tata, what I would do is I would have him on the bench for New York City, right? And then, and then, you know, the idea is hopefully get a miracle and be winning the game. As long as you're winning the game, he wouldn't see the field. But if you need it, if it's tied. Right or God forbid you're losing, then you got to throw him on for 20 minutes, see if he can create a miracle, a free kick, whatever. Because the honest thing is, you know, he's so good at free kicks too. He can be on the field for seven minutes, right, and yeah. get a goal. Yeah. yeah, very true. So you, you, in, in my opinion, um, you have to put him at least on the bench and you know have that threat. Sure. You know, even right. to the point where even if you're like we're never gonna play him. Right, he's sitting there on the bench. We're never going to yeah. play him, right? And then it's it's tie game, and you get a free kick outside the box, and you're like, everybody stall. He's coming in, yeah, right, right? just to take the kick, right? Hundred percent, absolutely. Okay. And we may see that. That's just how things sometimes are written. And uh, there's another thing we should talk about before we go into the Atlanta United, okay. which is because we're talking about the MLS table, right? New England, yeah. Right. So Bruce Arena, I don't know if you've been following this, but um, so basically Bruce Arena got turned into MLS for basically comments. He said some inappropriate things yeah, to one of his assistant coaches that used to be a player of his at Virginia. Or- I don't think it was to the assistant coach. I think the assistant coach turned him in for saying right. things to 
either players or staff or right. both or whatever. But anyway, the assistant coach turned him in. Yeah, the assistant coach didn't like what he heard from him. And there's obviously, oh. obviously a huge amount of history there. Huh. It, it certainly sounds like... I haven't heard this at all. Oh, Do we yeah. know what he said? No, no nobody one, knows what he said. MLS hasn't said... But they did an investigation. So first of all, they immediately suspended him. So he hasn't been coaching for the last almost month. Yeah. And they immediately suspended him. And then they had an investigation. And then finally, last week, MLS came out and said, we've verified the things that he said. And, and he got not only sacked, but... No, he, he resigned. Well... Okay. okay. <laughs> right. But they... I don't think it's resigned, and here's why not. Because MLS said that if he's going to coach anywhere in the MLS ever again, he has to petition the league. Whoa. Which means that no matter whether they wanted to keep him, they couldn't. Right. I, I, I just don't understand how they can't just come out. If they've done the investigation and they're so sure this was said, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, Bruce Arena himself came out in his resignation yep. after being fired. Uh, note said, hey, I going to take this time to reflect on some of the things to improve myself got to do better Mm -hmm. so he acknowledged that you know whatever he said probably uh you know wasn't the right right words uh himself there but so at that point why not recognize what what it is well you know i don't know if you followed the drama afterwards right so so after bruce arena finally gets sacked or resigns or whatever happens (laughs) right the next day, so they the assistant coach becomes the head coach, and of course, all the players know that the assistant coach turned in the head coach. They refused to train. Yeah, Ooh. they boycotted. Yeah. Yes, Ooh. exactly. They were like, "We're not training for you, you jerk! You just sent off our coach." Yeah, they just sent off their coach in a winning <laughs> season. New England had a real puncher's chance at the, yes. the cup this year. They were really playing well. Uh, and if Carmen will now pull up the the yeah. New England, watch the results. Look at what's happened to New England. Look at New England yeah. in the last four games. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's why... I, they that's lost why. to Colorado. Terrible. They tied Chicago. Terrible. They tied Minnesota. Terrible. They tied Austin. Terrible. They lost... Uh, no, they beat Red Bulls, but they've just been... It has not been good. It's not... They lost to Montreal. Like, it's yeah. been a free fall. Yeah. And, and that's why I really want to know what was said and in what context. Yes. And... You know, was that was so egregious that I guess MLS is saying, you know, I don't know what context they got because the it was the coach who blew the whistle on him. Um, you know, what was it that was so egregious? What he probably said was that Michael Bradley was the best player in that last <laughs> World Cup qualifier. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely or, an egregious thing. Or, yes. or Josie Josie yes. Altador. Josie Altador. He probably said, "I was right to play Bradley yeah. and Josie Altador." Oh, my yeah, yeah. And MLS was like, we've, we respectfully, we have to disagree. That's <laughs> offensive. <laughs> oh All right. I like how that intro, just the intro right there, just went a different direction than I, than we had all planned. Yeah, I know. But those are important topics. They and are. Now, yeah, Bruce Arena has been, you know, the best coach in MLS yeah. history by far. It's not even close. Yeah. Right? He's won the most titles. He has the most wins. He has the most coach games. He has done everything. I mean, he dominated at D.C., then he dominated in L.A., and then, of all things, ends up in New England has been the worst, you know, franchise ever for, like, the... And then he's had them, you know, at the top of the table each time. So, but I, the guy I, can on. coach. I, 
I want to go back to this. I'm, right. I'm going to go up to the line here because it's right. my job to do this. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. The You're line. in a soccer locker room. I mean, some shit is said. Yeah. Okay, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I want to know. I like, mean, if you're watching the Wrexham video, you hear some shit being said. Right. <laughs> like, what did he say? Come on. Like, I, I, I mean, the fact that this is a, a, a you know, there's some stuff in, in today's age in public you shouldn't say ever right. anymore. right. I get it, but this is a. Te- it had to be either misogynistic or racist or something, you know, real across the line. Which was it, misogynistic or racist? <laughs> I want to know. Like, where was it? Like, I, feel, I, I mean, I no it idea. had to be horrible. Yeah, yeah it had to be, be horrible. Are there even rumors? I have not heard. This. And he's always that- been an ornery bastard. Yeah, I mean, he's a terrific coach, and the players yeah. have loved him, you know, at some yeah. level. But he's. He's that guy. Yeah. He'll say, you know, whatever the hell he said. I, just, I mean, you've seen his press conferences. I just, find it, right? I just find it strange, right? Like, I mean, yeah, maybe you lose your filter the older you get and you <laughs> and you just let something fly. That That's you, definitely you, true. That's uh-huh. definitely true, right? And I, you know, I'm living proof of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mikey Jobs is going to be the sanctioned by the FCC. But I, yeah, in a I, couple I, years you know, ago. I really do, just for the sake of you know his legacy, want to know what what he said. But all right, yeah. let's drop it. We don't know. Let's okay, say, nobody knows. Rumor, racial slur against someone. Yeah, I was going to say it's rumor. That's the rumor. Rumor, okay. allegedly. Allegedly. Yes. <laughs> okay, five to two against Miami. Dave, did you see that coming? Uh, oh. no. I did think that. You know, at home, um, you know, the formula, which I think we're going to discuss over the three games, right? So the question has been, and this is the question that I think I want to pose and then maybe answer after we've talked about all three games. The question is, with the new players, right? The Saba, Silva, right? Muyamba, right? Are we now better than the formula or are we still the same damn formula team? Right. And the formula, just to remind folks out there, is that at home, we can basically beat anybody. Yeah. Right. Occasionally we'll draw, but only against the very best teams. Yeah. Right. And on the road, we can never win. We against the best teams, we lose. And against the OK teams, we draw. Yeah. So I, I think, yes, we're better just because of the pure talent of some of the players and the IQ of some of the players like Sabas makes, you know, I don't think he's as good talent player as era Ujo, but IQ wise from what I've seen of him, he's making better decisions, simpler plays, simpler crosses, um, you know, just making, making re- the better decisions in that final, final part of the field. Moyamba, certainly an upgrade from Ibarra, even though we were sad to see him go clearly an upgrade. Uh, <laughs> Silva over anyone that's been on the left side. Yes. Whether that's Etienne or whomever, uh, an upgrade on that side. So, now that we've got consistent healthiness with George Yakamakis and Almada, knock on wood, we got Miles Robinson back. This team, just pure talent-wise, I know we talked about where we land in the playoffs. I was saying in the last podcast that we we're trending more towards a five spot or a fourth spot at best. Mm-hmm. Like, that's optimistic. We have three games left. I could land in that spot. New England has been trying to help. They really have. <laughs> we, we have three really Damn. tough games, so yes. Dave's algorithm could turn that back to more of, like, the seventh spot. But yeah. I could be right if we go on a good run here against Columbus, Cincinnati, well, let's and let's re- revisit this after the to talk about okay. the three games because I'd like to hear, you know, let's go through it, and then, and then once we finish it, I think maybe Carmen can make sure and remind us to revisit this whole idea. Are we be- really better than the formula? 
I think I think it not. But yeah, let's get back to it. Okay. So So you asked me the first question is was it surprising? Well, at the home, the formula would say without Messi, Miami's yeah. not a good not a top class yeah. team without and, Messi. And Alba didn't play in that game. Yeah, too. without yeah. without Alba. Um Busquets. Yeah. So I would say then the mm-hmm. the win is on for sure. So it's not necessarily surprising. Now right. obviously scoring five goals, right? Yeah. And you know, so uh, so we we definitely had uh, a quiet crowd though at the twenty seventh minute when uh, they scored the first goal to open things up in the twenty seventh minute. I think it was. Um, I don't know, Carmen, if you want to go to the highlights, but I don't know who it was. At, you know, probably thirty thirty five yards out, somebody yep. bombs a shot, goes right off the upper ninety. Yep, uh, comes back to Campana who chests it and does like a lovely, <laughs> lovely little lovely chip touch. over Miles mm-hmm. Robinson. And even, hey, I don't even blame Miles. I mean, it was a nice little touch, and then he just volleys it into the top of the net. Um, pretty impressive here. I mean, you can say, yeah, you should step on this guy here and not let him have a free shot, but wow, that is a banger. And yep. then, yeah, look at that chest. Alley-oop. And then, oh. yeah. Okay, so I have a problem with this goal, surprisingly. Okay. Okay. And I, I don't disagree with you. I think, first of all, the long shot, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I do think we should be closing him down more. But, look, yeah. if you give a guy a shot from there, like, if you can score from there, you know, God bless you. I think, and maybe Carmen will let this replay play again, because I think the ball is smashed from close range, but it literally goes through Guzan's hands right above his yeah. head, right? You're and not going to blame Guzan for that goal. I on. think probably three quarters of the MLS goalkeepers make that save. Carmen. Which one? Not, not the first one. This save. This one? They would have saved this. No. Uh, if you, if you, if, wait, wait till Carmen, you get I'm going to let you get the to close it. in. Wait till you get to the close in, I think. This thing has missed the last clip. The last one? You're reaching for the straws, man. Maybe maybe it's the reverse. It literally goes right here. But it's coming so fast. Yeah, it's. I mean, yeah. That's slow motion, first off. Second off, he does go off the outside of his foot, right? Which is a little bit of a a fakie on him, too, right? So if he squares that, maybe his hand's in the right spot. But instead, it goes on the outside part of the foot of the guy. You you can't tell me. Zero chance. Andre Blake doesn't make that save. There's zero chance. He and, makes that yeah, save. Andre for sure. Blake couldn't 100%. Even, and Andre Blake can't stop Messi shot from 35 yards out. Why could he stop that one? Because he's quick and reflexive and most of the goalkeepers mm-hmm. in MLS are. I and think Guzan has is really not sharp anymore and I think it's a little harsh because I can't say that, you know, that's a terrible goal to give up and smash close, but I think what I want to get at is that I think that there are a number of goals this season. That it's not that it's his fault, but that he could have made help. Can't us. disagree that Aston Villa Brad Guzan makes that save. Yes, not going to disagree with that okay. at all. <laughs> that's my point. <laughs> I'm just saying Brad Guzan and Aston Villa makes that save. That's a hell of a you know shot stopping play, right? That yeah, you got, it would have been a terrific. Save. Don't normally see in the MLS, and so I'm not. Oh. My point is, I'm not going to blame that on Brad Guzan. That right. that would have been a hell of a save. If all it right, stopped. so we only have slight difference yeah. there. Okay, I agree okay. with you. Uh, right. That's what I mean is that Brad Guzan even yeah. five seven years ago makes that save. So, you know, that's being a little critical. It's splitting hairs a little bit. Yeah. But that's, you know, those goals add up, yeah. right? When yeah. you, you know, and, and it's not just, you know, when the goalkeeper does that psychologically, when they come up with the big save like that, 
it really lifts the team. Yeah. And we just haven't been getting it all year. Right? There's, it was the one game he had a bunch of amazing saves that were just really right close to him. And he had, it was great positioning. Yeah. Right? But he hasn't really made no, we terrific all, saves. We all feel that, you know, we need like a DP level goalkeeper maybe is our next move. Yeah. All right. So the next goal was a cross by Lennon to Moyamba, who does a nice job of, uh, you know, heading it towards the far post. But I think the keeper actually, or somebody stops it from going in the goal. Um, but well. they don't call it that way. The linesman raises his flag. It's crossed the line. And that left the referee in no choice but to leave the call <laughs> as is because the camera couldn't do anything to right. change the call. Okay, so we should ask the question, Mikey Dobbs. Does MLS have goal line technology? <laughs> the answer is no, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> and as we'll see on, on, on subsequent plays, we also don't have offside technology or computers for anything. It's really pretty, it's pretty inexcusable that... MLS who wants to have this standard of setting the bar for, you know, we're a third rate, third world soccer yeah. country, third world soccer Football country. country. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, come on. Yeah. So, uh, what, so, okay. So in this situation, they go back to the monitor, take mm -hmm. a look and see if there is it's evidence, clear video, clear evidence. video yep. evidence, but there's no goal line watch buzzing going off. There's a nice header by Muyamba, by the way. Yeah. It terrific was. header. And then a nice cross by uh, Lennon. Um, yeah, really, really sweet. Nice. All right. So the next goal, uh, is Silva bombing down the left side, I think, and cuts it back and it's an own goal as he mm -hmm. cuts it back. Right. So I don't know that we need to look at that one. Um, not too exciting, but the next one is a, oh, so but I will say that, you know, this is indicative. Uh, Silva's just been absolutely looked terrific. He's direct. He goes at the guy, right. And he creates this own goal by right. going right at there and, and putting a, Terrific pullback, right? The defender didn't have that much options, right? It wasn't an awful right. goal. So, yeah, they, they score a PK on... Oh, no, sorry. No, the, we get another goal. Uh, so we got three in a row. Lennon ends up mm -hmm. getting way inside, and I think Wiley ends up bombing uh, up the yeah, left. Yeah, let's show this one, because I, I have a comment about this. Okay. Um, and we're really seeing a lot of this with Wiley. Um, you know, Silva lays it off to him. He's... Highly confident here. He slows it down. He just is like, all right, I'm going to use my skills, a little shake and bake. Does a nice little cutty to Lennon, who obviously is our right back, but is somehow. <laughs> I'm going to say to freeze it in one second, Carmen. Freeze it. Okay. Okay. What is wrong with this picture? What is wrong? With so this is, you know, this is my critique of, uh, and I'm putting you all on the spot, but this is my critique of Pineda, right? Right, that, you know, he gets to watch film all day, right? And you're like, you know, you're watching this film, you're like, oh, you know, we scored. This is a great goal, right? I, well, my, I watched this and I was like, wait a second. I, here's here's what I would say. If, if Wiley, who banged a really hard pass into the center there and, Brooks Lennon, you know, ends up popping up off his foot here, but he does enough to keep it close to his body to get the volley. Who would you rather have there? The guy who naturally would be there, which would be either Yakimakis or Almada. I would rather have Almada in that space and Lennon back defending. But I don't know if that's the observation you want, Dave. Okay, so this is a pass from our left back, Wiley. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. All the way, almost to the six-yard box. He pulls it back a little bit to Lennon, who's our right back, uh -huh. who's standing at the penalty spot. Okay? Yep. So who's back at right and left back in this 
Play? Well, you're hoping Mascara here is going to be able to get back if needed. Well, where is Mascara? Mascara is, you know, almost even with Lennon. Mascara is inside the box, too. Yeah. And the guy who's going to break up the counterattack, right? So if you have both of your airplanes zooming forward, right? That means you only have two center backs back, right? Which is okay sometimes, right? You got to you know, be aggressive, right? This leads to a goal, right? Yeah, so how could you critique it, right? But if you have all of that, so first of all, you might say one of the outside midfielders or the our, our forwards, because we play three up front, might have hanged back for one of the outside backs who overlapped. But that's not true. Mascara, we saw Silva delivered the ball to Wiley, right? Yeah. So he's way up, right? And we saw Mascara's in the box. So they're all in, right? Gigi's, yep. of course, all in. And, and Almada's all in. But that's, of course, where they should be. Right. Yep. Muyamba is sprinting into the box from the top of the 18. Yeah, everybody's hungry. Why? Yeah. Because What in the God please? I mean, seriously? He's heating up. We have our outside left back who's serving to our right back in the box. We have three other players in the box besides that. If you're the, a, at all a tactical midfielder and you see that, what would you do? Yeah. You need to hold back a little You bit. need to hold back and get on a guy because if Wiley, if that pass gets intercepted, counterattack city. Right. Yeah. And and honestly, honestly, the guy like, listeners, if you saw how hard that pass that Wiley hit in, which was a great pass given the circumstance, he he did kind of need to bang it in there. I mean, that normally probably nine times out of ten actually does come off of Lennon's foot there. And Probably to the one, you know, one of and the. And I think Miami if you guys. go back, Carmen, they had the, the the second one was the more out, you know, pulled back clip, where you could see it. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So, I mean, so a lot of guys are getting in the box that we should, but look at Buyamba. He running all the way yeah. past you guys, and he's yeah. open too. Yeah. yeah, he's jogging in with a little less purpose though at that point. And, yeah, but he runs right by two Miami Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's jogging past his players with a little less purpose on where he needs to be. Which, to be honest with you, as a, as a coach, you're like, oh, that's good. You don't know letting him go. And normally I would say, look, awesome, right? But if this situation is, and pause it right here, because you can't actually see, but right at the very top of the screen, that's Josetu. Yeah. Right? So even Josetu, he's not even yeah. really back. He's, he's pretty far up. The entire middle of the field is wide open. If they intercept that ball, they've got a 5v2. Oof. Yeah. I, I agree. All right. So the next goal is a PK that, uh, you know, is a little unfortunate. I don't know if you have any comments on that. It went off uh, somebody's elbow. Um, after, uh. yeah. Do you have any comments on that one? I mean, I felt like it was probably a PK. Um, yeah. But then... Oh, I will say, the one thing I noticed about it that I did like was the fact... Wasn't that the one they were kind of fighting for the ball in the net and it was Braguzan mm -hmm. surrounded by... That Caleb Wiley was the first person to come and defend his keeper. Yeah. I'm very, I'm very protective of keepers. I was like, yeah, there's three people around Guzan. Where's it? And then here comes the 18-year-old. I'm like, yeah. thank you. And then, of course, everybody else yeah. came. But I appreciate it. I didn't see that. I only saw Brad just cornered in the goal. Yes. So I, I missed whatever angle that was because yeah. I was watching that in the, the replay. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Brad is a big enough guy where he's bald and, like, twice their age. Yeah. So he was going to be all right. He was probably fine. But I appreciated <laughs> Caleb Wiley, uh, yeah. the little one coming in. Not the little one, but the young one. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I actually thought Mikey Dobbs would be more upset about the penalty kick call because it was one of those ones. So he's got his left arm tucked in. It's blasted right at him. It hits his left arm, which I don't think they called. But it ricocheted off his left oh, arm onto his right arm. And that he was like, it was trying away. to pull it away. Look, like I, I, I am mad about it. But what are you supposed to do as a defender? Exactly. But they call that now. That is, yeah. That's how they call it. But why? I don't know. But and this is where I've just stopped losing my mind over it because <laughs> it just you know it, it and it also varies. Like in so, like some referees choose not to call that too. Right. So it's just it's. That is one of the in, most inconsistent things Well, this things is where the new Tottenham coach, who's done phenomenally yeah. well, right? He was just like, one thing I don't understand about football right now is the penalty area handball call. He's like, right. it's a mystery. And he's like, you get four professional coaches, and two of them would say yeah. one thing, and the other is just no rhyme or reason. There's no- to which I'm going to get on my soapbox a little bit oh, and we say, we talked about it before. A change that football, in my opinion, needs is we need an in-between, right? Not every call in the penalty area has to be a penalty kick. I love, I'm advocating for an in-between. We have a yellow card and not just a red. If we just had reds, it would be shambolic. We need a yellow card, right? Because not every foul is nothing and not every foul is a send-off, right? And the same thing in the penalty area. Not every call is a penalty kick. So I would love to have a call where on certain Decisions yep. like a handball. I'm not talking about like a you a, know a handball where somebody gets tripped while they're like going out of bounds in yes. the box, like you know. Like and what stuff like should that. happen is the referee should have an opportunity to call that and say, "All right, you've been denied something in the box, but it wasn't a clear goal scoring chance, right?" And so what would give you is a free kick from let's say eight yards outside the 18 or five yards, yep. whatever the most common scoring place is statistically. And you can take it anywhere along the entire 18. So you can put it anywhere along that tire 18 and you just get a free kick from there. You get to yep. pick to where it's hard to get it up and over, but an advantage. No, no, where, where it's really perfect for getting it up and over. On, right. Are you saying on the, on the, 18 no, line? not on the 18 about, Eight yards behind that, or six yards, wherever which, that which perfect is, spot which, is. Which is oh, so you want it in the sweet spot? Yeah, where it's like, really easy to get it over okay. the wall. But we're, right. what we're going to do is we're going to say, look, first of all, right, it's a real, it's a problem. Any foul you in the you know who would love that role is Almada and Messi. Well, that's the other thing <laughs> yes, is that it would give awesome. you it would give you an extra opportunities to see these geniuses at work, yeah. and it would give uh, teams an incentive to be like, you better have a good free kick yeah. taker because you're going to get. Every once in a while, a free kick from anywhere. And they, they probably, I'm sure, that Almada and Messi have a spot along there that they love. Yeah. Oh, right? Yeah. So if they put it in their favorite oh, spot, yeah. that's yeah. a pretty high percentage place. That's, but it's not a penalty kick. Yeah. That's entertainment is what that is. I'm yeah. liking this. And you still have to earn it. It's yeah. not an automatic. You haven't, if you just wave it off. Yeah. You're like, look, then you, then then what happens, and this happened in, in football a lot, is people, the defenders started taking advantage of it. They're like, I can block it with my hand a little bit. And they always call it since it's close. They let it go. Yeah. And then you get an advantage. You just run in the box like this, you know, and, and <laughs> no problem. Yeah. Like, wait, like how? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, where is it? Which one Still is it? Oh, that's not the wrong one. Sorry. I do it, coach. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. So that's my soapbox. I like it. That's a good. I, I like that as too. As far as a major change to soccer rules, that's one of the ones that kind of modernizes the game in the right way, I think. Too often, those decisions are too high stakes and there's nothing in between. Yeah. 
Uh, I saw a stat the other day too that like Messi actually is better at those free kicks than he is at penalty kicks. Probably. And <laughs> and, and and by the way, both are stellar like uh, success mm. rates. <laughs> Not surprising. Uh, so yeah, they get the PK there, and then now it's three to two, and you're thinking, oh crap, Miami's going to come back and put the pressure on, but. We uh, bail ourselves out and get some momentum with, uh, you know, I think, again, Almada picks up the ball, plays it out wide to Saba, who then crosses it over to Yakamakis, who, by all accounts, is probably offsides, but since we don't have the technology rules, <laughs> they let the goal stand. I want to say in the 13th minute of this game, which is not in, in, in the highlights at all, right? Mascara gets uh, uh, wide open down the right side, almost in the exact same spot as where Saba is, right? And he takes a little bit longer, and then he eventually just he takes an extra dribble or two, and then he eventually decides to cross, and his cross is a little bit behind, and it was a better chance than this one. And what I was, my point is that Saba here didn't take the extra touch. He got it off quickly and he put it out in front and whether he was offside or not, then it's, that's the whole difference. And that's the thing that we've been complaining about mascara. He's super fast and he gets in those good spots, but his delivery is late. It's not accurate. It's so I think mascara has proven that as a change of pace off the bench he can really help us yeah right because the defenders are so tired when he runs by him he gets in really dangerous spots yeah. but he still routinely makes terrible yeah. decisions i think he's, he's so he's such a pest that he can accidentally cause some harm which yeah we, and which he has scored seen. a couple of goals, yeah exactly which we've, which we've seen which so watch saba in this clip get it off really quickly right yeah. he doesn't take a single touch Right, Mascara had the exact same play in the 13th minute, and he took two touches. Yeah. Right, and that threw off the whole thing because if he takes even a second more, then Gigi is definitely offside. Yeah. He might have been outside anyway, but <laughs> actually, you know, it's, it's a- so I think that was Gigi's 13th goal. Yeah. Uh, of the season in this in this match, if I'm, my math is right. But look at Almada, man. He's just so calm and composed. He's got his head up, boom, perfect weight, and then just yeah. Those three guys, man, they are dangerous, I will say. So that is that is the difference. If they stay healthy, that could land us in, say, fifth position, that which was right where we are uh, in the end of the season. But what I do want to talk about is our final goal here, Dave, yep. just as hopefully the last time I ever talked about <laughs> Miguel, Miguel Barry. Because no, you're going to keep talking about him because as we're going to talk about when Pineda finally after the third game, maybe we'll talk about it right now. So Pineda, one of the things that's been happening is that in the match day squad, I don't know if you noticed this, but Etienne and Sosa have not been in the match day squad even, not even on the bench, right? Which to me is a little bit crazy because at the end of the game, we've needed Sosa to come in and, and kill some things. And in particular... You know, in this last game, for example, in the third game against Montreal, right? He had Barry on the bench, but not Etienne. And he had Fortune on the bench and not Sosa. How do we feel about that? Uh, to, as far as I'm concerned, Etienne and Fortune don't need to be on the, the starting roster right now. I mean, I, I don't see a lot in either one of those. But Fortune I, even got a start in this middle did. game that we'll he talk did. about. And yeah. 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 I mean, you know, no offense to him. He just looked young. I've seen enough of Etienne. Like, I, he doesn't impress me. But you'd still have him over Barry. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. but he, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, I think we've got other options, right? Now we've got Wolf 
And no, but they had Wolf, all those guys were on the bench. And in addition, right, you could the last guy to make the bench should be Etienne. Yeah, Chol. I think he might be hurt. Is he hurt? hurt? Yeah. Is he hurt? He's not available. Okay, that's too bad. Uh, All right. But anyway, (laughs) what I was going to point out in that clip was Miguel Berry does come on on towards the end there. And I was so happy to see uh, Tyler Wolf get a goal that was was a really nice banger in the top 90 uh, on a near post opportunity had. And it's a terrific ball by Saba again. He just keeps Okay, right here. So stop it right there. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Where is Miguel Barry in this? Uh, I, he's at the bottom of the picture. He's at the bottom of the picture. But go back. He's the furthest back, forward by a mile. Hair. You have to kind of see it, right? Okay. Like, okay, he sees that Saba is is going to intercept that, right? Like, look at his little, like, just lackadaisical right there. He's just chilling, right? He's like, oh, my guy, uh, he just stole the ball. It's, I want, it's 2v2 here, right? I want to add to this by saying, look at Barry in relation to where Wolf is. Yeah. Right? So Barry is even with Saba. Do you even know where Wolf is in this picture? He's actually yeah. there, but he's on yeah. the top then, of the and screen. Then, and then watch where Almada is, okay? Right. Who's, now who's, you're a striker. You want a goal. <laughs> you you suck. And you have, you have people like me, some... You're up four to two. Some dweeb in his basement. Some dweeb in the basement talking (laughs) smack about you. And this is why. He's heating up. He's on fire. Watch this. Okay. So look, you're like, okay, do I do I want a goal? Do I want a free goal at the end of this game? Just to (laughs) Nah, I'm gonna just oh yeah, kind of jog. Do you think George Yakamakis would have made a run like that? Like, uh And if you if you watch, stop the clip now. Oh sorry. Just a second ago. It's just right. <laughs> who, are the, who are the closest people to the goal? Yeah, it's Wolf, Wolf and Almada. Almada, right, and Saba. Mm-hmm. And who was the furthest forward when the clip started? Our striker, Miguel Berry. Yeah. So, like, I really it made me lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Maybe he's just that slow. Was that possible? No, that was la- pure laziness. That was <laughs> that both. was that was no want. Like that but is, he has want. No, that's he no. has so much no, want. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he has not had any want. But he imagine? has no want. Like, Pineda, no want. And this is what I've been saying since the beginning of the season. Now, like now, could you imagine? Just everyone, just imagine in your mind if that was George Yakimakis, what you would have seen. I feel like I'm in a Seinfeld episode. He would have. He lacks the want. <laughs> he would have sprinted like seven different directions and screamed oh, yeah. at him for not giving the he ball. Been like, off size, on size, yeah. off size, like four times. Yeah, exactly. with a bunch yeah. of curses <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Okay. Thank it's, you. It's atrocious. I, I watched the highlights and then I that like and he just came on he just came on I just saw it and I was like oh my god he literally had been on the field for less than five minutes right he, the freshest guy in the whole field all right so we're feeling I mean, when I the few times in my whole life I've been a bench sub to come on that late I, I feel like a superhuman I'm so fast compared yeah. to everybody else <laughs> I'm like somebody should put a straight jacket on this guy. <laughs> God, I'm so glad I get to get some ribs on Miguel Barry. I thought it was going to be over, but it's not. It was his birthday was the day before this, I think. So you know, Pineda is just like, here's your fa- farewell gift. I don't know, you don't want to take it. No, because he keeps putting him in the squad. And I'll give you the quote. Ready? All right. After oh, you know, God. when they asked him about why Sosa and Etienne were not, here's the direct quote: Gonzalo Pineda on Sosa and Etienne's absences. I have to go with the players that are more in form. 
That's the player who's supposedly more informed. Is that for Mikey Dabbs? Yeah, I'm more informed than that. I think a lump and of I'm wood is more informed. I'm about to have a heart attack at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Oh, I couldn't agree more. All right. So we're feeling good. We just beat Miami, who's like the hottest team in the league. That was like the first yeah, loss. Yeah, first loss. That they've done like 10 or 11 or games, right? Boom. We hand it to them, even without Messi. Now we're off to DC United already again. The yeah. algorithm says, oh, it's going to be a tough one no matter what. But come on, this is DC United. They're a terrible team. You're like, all right, we should be able to get, get a win on the road against a terrible DC United. Dave, what, what were you thinking going into this? Draw, um, draw or loss even? <laughs> I wrote y'all, and okay. I copied this. All right, yeah, what, what did you say? <laughs> I said predictions for tomorrow night away at D.C. I see lots of people expecting mm. us to win, but Pineda's record on the road is awful. Should be an easy win with our team, but I'm going to predict a scoring draw, perhaps 1-1. And I said, I think we get a win, but it's going to be very unconvincing. And then... I think Carmen chimed in that we were going to see some really bad late-minute late subs. So I think there's a lot of truth in that. I was about that. to say, I agree with Mikey Dobbs on this one and bad coaching. So yeah. You yeah. said that we were going to win, right? Yeah, yes. we did. But yeah, we, we also were right. like, it's going to be unconvincing. So yeah. I don't think we were surprised with the tie. And I'm going to point out that the main reason that I that I made that prediction ahead of the head uh, is because I wanted to see if – signing of the new players, the momentum that we had against Miami, et cetera, et cetera, whether we had truly broken free of the formula. Yeah, apparently not. Okay. <laughs> um, but what we did not, uh, what was the starting lineup on this one? I think. So Fortune comes in for Jose yeah. too. But other than that, it was basically been the same team. All right. So this right. DC and I, so we did see L Wolf. Now Wolf was out left instead of, Silva, so there oh, was, yeah, Silva got sub too, right? Yeah, so Silva wasn't out and Fortune's in. So right. those are significant Sorry. pieces. So obviously Pineda, if you look at that lineup, he says, you know, obviously his favorite pair is, is Josetu and Muyamba, right? So bringing in Fortune is an acknowledgement that this is the easiest team that we're going to play in this stretch yeah. and this rotation, squad rotation. And you got to figure that Wolf, you know, scores the goal. I don't know whether it's Pineda saying, you scored, you deserve to start, or it's squad rotation like, yeah, Silva's the better player, but um, I'm going to rotate well, and give you a chance. You can't knock him for uh, Wolf's effort here early on, right? So Wolf does a little snatch and grab to get our first goal. Uh, yep. Steals it right off the foot of the uh, right back and then plays a beautiful cross to Saba, who right. uh, just, you know, puts a little sprint into the box and just, Touches it and far for post. any of you who have kids out there or kids who are listening to the podcast, I say this to my teams all the time. If the ball is coming off a cross, just put it back where it came from. So if it yeah. comes from the left, just put it right back to the left corner. And you're like, well, that's where the goalkeeper yeah. should be. The goalkeeper is always coming across. And if you go back there, they have no chance. And that is a textbook example of that. Yeah. I mean, Saba just... He just passed it in the goal, yeah. right? He didn't even hit it, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's a guy who really understands finishing that yeah. would try to do that. Boy, and how about some of his little cheekiness in the – he's got a nice little touch in, on all parts of uh, the field. But yeah, look at that. Just a nice little soft lay it right into the far post. But, but he, I want to say something about Saba. So Saba's been terrific. He's scored yeah. goals. He's had assists, et cetera, et cetera, right? Here's my question to you. Okay. Does Saba look to you like a winger? Um, yeah. 
He does. He's he's Can't. kind of an all action winger. I see him in a. Like, I think he's a very adaptable type of player. I think he can play winger. I think he can play forward. I could see him to your point earlier where you might have thought you'd see him kind of an attacking midfielder type of role. I think he can probably be pretty versatile as a player, but I like what I see from him on that right side. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I hate to admit it, but as long as Lennon's out of his way, which whatever, I don't agree with Lennon pitching in and going forward. I'd rather see Lennon just stay back, but that seems to be working at, at times. Um, Saba definitely is operating really well out in those wide spaces. He seems to be able to uh, have the IQ to play early cross like we saw to Gigi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the capability to cut it back and not kick it over the post like uh, we saw Ari Uje do. He's, he's, do he's, he's operating better in, in those spaces than Ari Uje. Uh, he's certainly mu- taking advantage of taking being advantage. open for sure. Yeah. Right. He's yeah. taking advantage Carmen, of open. what do you think? Does he look like a winger to you? He does. To me, I think he's making good decisions. I'm trying to think where what you're about to say, like where yeah. else he should be, where we could, I mean, especially on this team, we yeah. need him out there. But I don't know. Yeah, where are you if, going with this, Dave? I don't think he looks like a winger to me at all. Because, you know, so he doesn't go by people out wide on the, you with pace. That's just not his thing. He likes to come into spaces. Yeah. He makes terrific balls. He's the first attacker we've ever had who makes a diagonal run. The number of times he's made a diagonal run and ended up in the left corner, yeah. it's been a number of times. So he's very comfortable doing that. That You don't see too many wingers. Like, Araujo wasn't making that run. But that's kind of right. uh, why I like him in that position right now is he's he's creating a bit of havoc with his his ability to create those angles and his... His, he's a bit audacious. He's got a great touch. So with Silva and Saba having a little bit of flair, both those guys have a little bit of flair that's very different, but neither one of them are afraid to, you know, operate with some cheekiness. Um, but I still think, you know, his, able, his ability to look up and deliver a ball to Gigi or somebody else and, you know, the opposite of we, what we see with, with Mascara when he's in is exactly what you see with Saab out in those wide positions. But that's, the other guy who, like who can deliver that ball is Lennon. And one of the things that's interesting no. is that nope. Lennon has been underlapping, right? Yeah. He continuously. Yeah. So now the interesting thing was when Mascara was out there and Mascara hugs the touchline and looks like a classic winger yeah. who likes to try to run by you, right? When he does that, one of the things that's been interesting is that Lennon's been underlapping him. Yeah. I thought that as soon as you have, Mascara's right-footed, he's not inverted, and he's pacey, and he's on the touchline. As soon as you have Saba, who's left-footed, who cuts inside and is not as pacey, I thought Lennon would go back out wide again. And yeah. in fact, you saw him deliver a goal in the last game, right? But he actually went from inside to then overlap outside Lennon to make the ball for the goal, right? Uh, this is the one where Mayamba headed it in and okay. went just over the line. That was a Lennon serve, serve ball. It was a beautiful, beautiful and, ball. And look, I, I think Lennon serves a great ball, but I think he's very kind of one-dimensional. It's like that classic cross. Yes. It's a classic cross that's like head high, and if it's not timed right and the run's not right, you're like, oh, that was a beautiful cross, right? Yes. But the odds of it sometimes are really low, whereas like a Saba – his IQ is much higher in the way sure. he's delivering it. And it's usually not a high ball unless it's dead on, right? Like I'm seeing like he crosses it low where it's into somebody's feet. It's, a, you know, less of a, like a rush smasher type of cross. 
It's it's with purpose. It's with timing. And to me, I'd rather have somebody outwind as a winger who's versatile like him doing that. I mean, he's certainly taking advantage of that space, so I'm not going to critique it. But um, he looks to me like a guy who can play in the center of the park. I yeah. Right. I, he looks to me like a Sadich who can finish and who has better quality offensive balls, but he can really maintain possession too. Like I I think you know one of the problems that that I'm going to talk that I'm going to come back to after the third game is that we keep getting in this up and down game. Right. It actually in the Miami game, the last 30 minutes of that was so wide open and transitional. Yeah. Now, it worked to our advantage because they were a little tired and we scored a bunch of goals off of it. But against the best teams, right? Against Cincinnati when it got wide open, boom, two yeah. goals, see ya. So I just want to say though, I don't disagree with you that Saba could play like an attacking midfielder. Um, and then that would allow maybe even all action Moyama to drop back and stay a little bit more defensive with, with Saba doing that. But then that leaves like, well, what's the question for, you know, is that Muscatu or Lennon that's up there? And I'd rather see like what we saw with the brains that Saba has. Like he's like Lennon would never pick off a ball like that. Like he did in that last, last minute goal in, in the, mm. Like yeah. he just doesn't. But have you that. could do that in attacking midfield even more. Like but, you, you know, you see, you but I, but more chance to pick. My that point ball. is, you're sacrificing whoever's replacing that role. Well, I was thinking that you know, so you could play with three in the middle, right? Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be Josette if it was me, but it's Josette Muyamba, and you could play Saba, and then the front line could be Silva, Gigi, and Almada. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right. I mean, yeah. Almada, even even more of a licensed role. I'm not that he really plays defense now, but you're like now you can say, "All right, look, just keep doing what you're doing." And now we're not losing your. You supposedly, like if you watch the starting lineups, if you go back to the starting lineup, Carmen, I don't know if you can, but um, he's listed as what a center midfielder. Yeah. Almada's not playing defense. He's not playing center midfield at all, right? So. Um, you know, that's not actually what the formation is, right? So Amada here is listed as one of the three. That's not actually what's happening, right? We're really only playing two in the middle because Amada, he occasionally comes back to get a ball offensively, but he doesn't. And he'll hit when he loses the ball, he'll, he'll chase a guy down, but he's not playing defense. Yeah. All right. So do you want to talk about the goal we gave up in this game? I think this, yes. was, I think this is a one where... The goalie plays it out to like one of their central defenders who has kind of all day to look up and even Lennon sees it. He's the right back who sees the, uh, the left forward uh, who's going to run behind him. He kind of waves his hand and then tries to track back. Um, it's a good over the top ball. I'm curious, Dave, what your analysis of this play is like part of it is we, sh we certainly shouldn't let the center back have this much time to pick up, pick off like a, a pass over the top, but that's going to happen. We had four in the back that, um, oh no, this is a different not, goal. That's, that's not goal. it. Sorry. Nope. No, this you is, have the right goal, but uh, this is not the one that Mikey Daz is talking about. Yeah, it's not the, yeah, this is a different game. So no. go back and show the goal. That, that was, the, I'm thinking the Montreal game. Yep. Sorry. You're, you're getting one game ahead. Getting one of game us. ahead. I agree with you on the Montreal game though. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> so yeah, what, what's your analysis of this, uh, this tie up goal? Because Silva, this is the one where Silva like charges back, but almost like disrupts the whole situation by charging back, and then just 
it gets lost in the attacking part of the field, and then they just like. I don't know whether you could see it that well on that clip. If maybe you go back to it, but what I think if you go back to the beginning, what I want you to watch is Muyamba. Yeah. So there's Muyamba. Okay. Can you show it again? Yeah. Can you go back and freeze it at the beginning of the play? What's interesting is Silva really works hard back. So Yamba kicks it. Whoa. Ah, what just happened? There we go. Okay, stop it right there. Stop it. So Muyamba clears it, or he tries to clear it, and Silva comes back and he loses the ball or whatever. So Muyamba right now is in an amazing, you know, perfect defensive spot. Right. Right? Ozetu's there to address the ball. Right? Muyamba's sitting in the middle. And Mikey Dobbs, tell, watch the video and tell people what Muyamba does. Play it. Well, he lets the guy sneak behind him, and then he just stops and ball watches pretty much. Yeah. but Does that look to you like a defensive midfielder? No, but here's here's where I... He lets the guy run by him, here, and then he never chases behind. He just watches the entire the, thing. The subtle part of this that just as a soccer player, I'm just going to give some appreciation to what what is kind of unfortunate, though, is that... Silva like makes an over and aggressive kind of run back from his forward position to try to defend the ball, but then he doesn't play, he doesn't protect the ball and he loses it. Yep. And to me, that was actually the critical mistake. Sure. I agree. Um, I absolutely agree with you, but, and it, and it left, and it left Moyamba just kind of with his jaw down, which shouldn't ha shouldn't have happened either, but it's kind of one of those things that's like, Hey, if you're going to hustle back, then finish the hustle by Silva Silva lost it, didn't work hard after he lost it here. He's like, uh, I mean, he's just kind of watching. Like, he's not really trying to get the ball back there. Now. In my opinion. I'm going to blame that on Silva. In my opinion, Muyemba is a luxury defender, which means that he's super all action. He gets a lot of tackles in. He's very good defensively yeah. for the team overall, but he is tactically woeful. He often goes... At times when you should be holding as a midfielder, he just has no sense of it whatsoever. There's a reason why he was in the second division in France. Because <laughs> coaches are watching that, and they're like, if you try to do that in the Premier League, or even in Ligue 1, right, we're going to get killed. right? You cannot get away with that stuff. Yeah. right? I mean, now... In my opinion, if you're going to have him, he's a luxury defender, which means he has to be sitting in front of a terrific defender or maybe even two. Right now, Josetu is the guy he's sitting in front of. Josetu has been told, Muyumba's the all-action guy. You stay. You never go. Yeah. Right? And he is staying, but he's really staying. Like, he's stationary, and he doesn't read the game that well, and he doesn't get a lot of tackles in. And, in fact, we didn't talk about it, but I sent you all a video Right, somebody made a video of all of the plays from the Miami game when we were in the ascendancy from uh, Josetu. Did you watch it? No, I did not. If you go on Twitter, you search it. There's a there's a there's a clip. I have to find you know who the person is, but there's a clip. All of the Josetu plays from the Miami every single time he touched the ball. It is awful, awful. I mean, absolutely awful. If you just isolated him, if you watched the game, you'd be like, okay, we were pretty good. We won 5-2. But then you have to say, look, you know, in that game, it got transitional. We gave up two goals, even yeah. though we were dominating, right? What happened? And if you watch what happened, our midfield defensively was shambolic. 
Yeah. And Hosetu was awful. And Muyamba is all action getting tackles in, but tactically is not good. So after that uh, Atlanta game, we, we kind of get poked on uh, our Twitter by a listener, uh, Colonel ATL, saying, hey, well, you know, Lennon and uh, Pineda got, you know, whatever it was, you know, coach of the week in, uh, for match day uh-huh. because of our 5-2 win over Miami. Uh, and then it's kind of like, well, what do you think of our stance right on the Pineda out? Like, oh. uh, like uh, you know, have, have we missed something here? Like, is he really progressing? Because this is a guy who's telling me to be patient, and I'm not a patient person. <laughs> I don't think Pineda is the guy for the job. But what, what, are, you, what are you seeing if we just take a, a pause right now? What adjustments are you seeing from Pineda? What do you like? What don't don't you like? I think that at the end of the day, he has not fixed our propensity to give easy balls in over the back. Right? We give just as you'll see in the Montreal yeah, game. Right. And and we're gonna talk about it. I got it might even be a rant, people, in the Montreal game. Right, exactly what the problem is. And so maybe we're being a little let's, premature here. Let's get there then. So let's okay. maybe talk about the Pineda. Well, I want to say two more, two quick things about, I want to talk a little bit about, just because we were talking about it before. In the 66th minute, there's a penalty kick called against us, right? So it was a, it was a header, and then it was a rebound, and the shot hit Abram, of all people, yeah. who was the one who gave up the penalty kick in the last game as he's pulling his arm and turning away almost exactly like he did in the last game. They call a penalty kick, right? So VAR goes and reviews this. And they say somebody was offside. (laughs) And they call it for offside. I'm going to say, I'm just going to say my opinion. I don't think it was a handball. Okay. And I don't think he was offside either. I think that was a, <laughs> just a makeup call because they were like, that's a really bad handball for a penalty kick. So I watched this replay over and like, who would be offside to, offside in this play? <laughs> I don't really I, know. So it's, I think because, it was they're talking about that guy maybe being the way of the goalkeeper. Wait, yeah, but of course he wasn't. He was No, he wasn't even close. Was, the it. angle wasn't even... Like, it's, I'm so confused. Yeah, it, it's, okay. We're just... 100% a line there. Let's just move on <laughs> to the Montreal game. All right, I just want to say one more thing just to leave you with this game, and this will foreshadow what I'm going to talk okay. about. So DC United on the road, right? This was our first test of our model, right? Not only is it a 1-1 draw, expected goals, Mikey Dobbs, right? DC United 2.36. Oh, if, which, they, if they could hit a broad side of the barn, they would have won the game. Chance after chance after chance. Atlanta, 0.77. We got killed. After the first 20 minutes, right, we got killed in this game. And DC United outshot us 22 to 6, despite us having 57% of the possession. Oh, DC United's decision-making, a couple of their players, oh my goodness. Yeah. Some of the shooting like, is all just... They, was, like, yeah. let me kick it 20 uh, feet over the near post when all I had to do is just cut it back to a guy who is trailing and all I had to do is tap it in. Like, I mean, there was... If some, that's a way at Cincinnati or Philadelphia yeah, no way. or any of the top teams in the East, we lose 3-0. Yeah. Or 3-1, to one, I guess we score all right, so we come back home. We play Montreal. Carmen, you were at this game, correct? I was at this game. Was but it I, fun? It was fun. Yeah. I was eating during most of it, so I missed a lot of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but 
<laughs> but it was a lot of fun. Yes. <laughs> well, you got to take advantage of the, the food I and the, the mean, spirits. Exactly. Exactly. In the first, I don't know, few minutes of this game, there's a there's a blatant offside call. It's not going to be in the in the highlight package, right? So the guy runs. He's blatantly offside, right? And the linesman keeps his flag down, right? As people you know are told to do, right? Yeah. So this is the thing, right? In the Premier League, it's a big thing, right? Because you don't want to blow it. It's going to be close. You don't want to keep your flag down. Okay. I don't understand that in MLS. There's no computer to correct it. Right. Right. So. Don't you think you got to look and make the call? What is he waiting for? Right. Right. So in the in the Premier League, he's waiting for the guy in his ear to say, yeah, the computer says that was outside yeah. and you flag it. Right. And the other thing that's weird is they sometimes wait and then they flag it a sec, you know, a few seconds later. So VAR guy is talking to them, but not via computer unless there's a conspiracy theory <laughs> and there is a computer but they're not allowed to tell you there's a computer and they're not allowed to make the actual call by a computer. I could see MLS what is doing. making a fast call there and <laughs> what is going on? I think you I think you might be right in the oh, conspiracy because theory. The whole reason for keeping the flag down is because, you know, okay. VAR and the computer yeah. can do it. Yeah. No, I, wait, 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 wait. I thought keeping the flag down was to no, you're right. I was about yeah. to say to go ahead, see because, if they score, and because, then you can look at the the. Yeah, and so they can VAR it, and they can right. look, and if it was blatantly offside, but if or whatever, the computer but, knows it's offside, it's the right thing to do after a certain amount of seconds to call it because you don't want players to get injured for no reason. Yeah, yeah, that's. True. I'm just saying. Yeah. All right, Montreal, <laughs> four to one. We're gonna get there. What happened here? So, oh man, we got. Uh, Two Atlantic goals out of the gates, right? We got one from Silva, Silva uh, from uh, a pass from Saba. Yet again, there's another one where there's no uh, offside technology. I thought maybe that one was offside. What did you think? First goal offside in that game? Um, I think it kind of was. You want to show know. it? Let's see. I'm, I'm hoping, trying to find my I'm hoping this, is I ho this. This really aligns really well with your conspiracy theory because. <laughs> Like, I hope a computer's making this call because my eyes certainly aren't good enough. I got to take these glasses on and off. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, again, there's the cross. Sure looked like it was close. I think, obviously, it went across the line, but we don't have goal line technology either, Dave. <laughs> yet again. <laughs> so, I think, I think, you know, assuming he's onside, right, this is definitely a goal across the line, in my opinion, but... It's just. It's Can a, you show the clip one more it's, time? It's coming. I think this is the angle right here. Boom, and then they pause it. I just yeah, pause. they I they pause. do. Yeah, they they pause it there, and then. But oof. one thing I'll say is, just like the last goal that we thought was offside, or maybe offside, right? Both of them are really early good balls from Saba. Correct. He doesn't wait, and that's the difference between him and Mascara. Mascara doesn't yeah. make that, and ball the difference between Lennon. Lennon can't cross that ball. Yeah, well. maybe. Yeah, Lenny think, doesn't have that in his he's bag. He's classier about thinking about it early. Yes. He's faster thinking. I agree. I agree. And actually, Lennon is probably capable of serving a better ball, but it doesn't matter when you have that quick thinking. Yeah. Right? Because you just put it out in front. It's the thinking part that Saba has that mm -hmm. I, I think is just it, at some point you either you, you don't have that so in So we scored that one is in the 30th minute or whatever. Um, in the 16th minute, right? 
we just came out and dominated this match, yeah. right? So you were at the game. We just dominated the mm-hmm. opening things. In the 16th minute, we're dominating. Lennon is pinched in, right? They play a long ball over the top, right? And Lennon gets nowhere close to coming back. The guy cuts in and takes a right footer. And, I mean, it went over the crossbar by about six inches. They, up until that moment, had had nothing. It was 15 minutes of one-way traffic. And yet the first goal, almost very close. The best, the closest to coming to scoring was Montreal first. And their only chance up the field. And it was because a freaking long ball over where Lennon didn't even come close to addressing him. And this, I have, is a huge problem. You cannot dominate for 15 minutes at home and then give up a sucker punch. That's the soft goal. And, you know, Pineda won't talk about it because we didn't give it up, yeah. right? But it was coming. Yeah, and, well, it came, yeah, it came eventually. But we get, we get a really nice goal. In the 40th minute, we give up that exact same goal, as we'll see in a second. So let's go to the, let's just go to happiness, right? With, with <laughs> happiness. Again, Wiley doing a great job of bombing down the left side. I and think, look at the first touch by Silva on this play. It is masterclass. Oh, my God, masterclass. And then just, you know, goes out to force the keeper to either foul him but the keeper knows better, Boom, doesn't foul him. Ooh. And then he just says, here you go, Almada. Boom. Yeah, well yeah a little Cruyff pass back to Almada and call it a day. He does two amazing things on that play. His first touch is super classy. He lets the ball come past him to his right foot. He makes a touch out far enough where he has time to get out and run on it. Yeah. And then the goalkeeper Three. comes out. He fakes it goes around him and then has the composure not to try to squeeze yeah. it in horribly, right? He had a composer just to stand yeah. on it, take a look, and look, find the open guy. Yeah. It was it was great. Class. Well Class. Done. That guy's not a designated player, people. Yeah. Which is but, amazing. Which is what I remember I was saying. I was like, hopefully we can get that kind of whatever you call it, the TAM level player, like uh, that – but the ironic part is Saba it. is like that TAM level player. He's a designated player, yeah. but he's close enough to where they can apparently buy him down. Right. So we have two players who are almost designated player quality, and yet neither of them have to be a designated player. So, I mean, you have to say, Gareth Lagerway, I mean, signings look brilliant. Yeah. Elliot asked, should Atlanta buy Silva for next season? That- yeah, because he's only on loan. Oh, okay. From Portugal. From Por- Portugal. From Porto, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So far. So, <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah. I mean, I think it all depends on the, the, the price. The price, yeah. I mean, that's the tough part about MLS. Sure. You certainly you certainly like him as a player, but then it comes down to the the alternatives and the money. Uh yeah, let's let's get to let's get to the goal right here, right? So you got it lined up perfectly here, right? So why First off, I, I know a lot led up to, you know, this ball coming out of the back. Um, a lot of just nothing, standing yeah. around, watching. But why, why is there that big of a gap? I know, you know, Yakimaki is not afraid to pressure the center back, so he loves to do that. So why we're just so far back here? Why are we giving... Like, everybody knows what's about to happen, right? So you should be able to defend this. We have people back. We, we actually have... Our line of four in the back is absolutely perfectly aligned. Lennon sees it coming, knows it's coming, waves that it's coming. So the whole defense knows this ball is coming, right? Because for whatever reason, this guy's got all day to look up and play it over the top. There's one guy who doesn't know it's coming. Who's that? Pineda. 
Because okay. he keeps asking Lennon to pinch in and give it to him. Okay. He's Hold like, on. let him go. That's, that's another thing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't, like, yeah, he is pinching in a bit on this play. Yeah. But I don't think, like, it was that significant enough to be, like, a true, the, the classic pinching that we've been talking about all season. If you cannot get out to address the player when their center back plays a 40-yard ball from 10 yards in his own half, lofted, it's not even driven. You'll watch yeah. this ball. It's okay. not even driven. Then you are too far in. Okay. You're not close enough. Watch the ball. You have to be able to get there. I don't know. Just clueless. I, I don't know. I watched this play a bunch of times. I don't, Carmen, what do you think? Like, I, I think, I don't know. Like, even if he was pinching and if he was over another five feet, 10 feet. I don't th- I don't think that really actually makes a difference on him being able to to stop that that guy who took it off the top of his shoulder. It just uh-huh. was a really I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Okay. And the reason why you're wrong is because if he's even close to there, then what he does is he forces the guy to run around him. Yeah. Okay. Right? And even you don't even have to do that's anything. A fa- you just have to force the guy to okay, run around. Okay. So that's him. a fair point. Okay. So yeah, it's like, uh, and we you've talked about this before in the same situations like football, right? Like it, it's that bump, right? That you right. have to, yeah. You know, and, and you're talking about um, when you're playing zone defense, zone on corners, right? Like you have when you play man v man, right? You create that bump. You create that. You have to go around me if you're going to go get there. Me. And that, so that's that's a fair. It's a free run. That's a free run. Okay, I I, I hear you there. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. He's pointing at the guy. Yeah, he and, knows he's and, there. and Miles would have had the guy that he was up up next to. Yeah. So. And then yeah, everybody else for gets, what? And if you go back to the start of that play. Right. If you just look at his positioning, the other thing about it is, you know, he's positioned there for what? What what what's the reason? What's the rationale right. for him to be in there? Right. If you go right. back to where you first so, had so to it, your point, if you can just be up bothering him, making him run around you, do something because obviously Lennon knew it. He was waving his hand, eyeballing him. He knew he was there. Yeah, yeah. I think he's saying Pineda. Free me. Free me. <laughs> right? That guy is out there. I can't stay with him. I'm not fast enough. And you better let me go get in his way. What yeah. are you doing asking me to stand next to Miles every okay. time? And he's doing it every time. Yeah. This happened. This is the exact same thing that happened in the 16th minute. And I bet it's in the in the highlight package. I haven't really looked. Yeah. But in the 53rd minute, it happens on the other side. Well, there's two things I think you're right on this, which I don't like to admit, which is <laughs> you, you are you are right on the like creating like a like a bump, right? Making him go around. Yeah. The, uh, the, the second thing is like if he's out closer to him, the guy who's looking up to play it never would have played it. Never would have played it. Exactly. So there's yeah, there's two other little logical things there. Um, all right. But. Then, Can you look and see whether in the, they have the highlight in the 53rd minute? Sure. This is uh, Montreal. I'm not sure whether it's in the highlight package, but you Where can keep talking while she does that. Yeah, let me put yeah. y'all on the camera. Yeah, well, then then we close this game out with two goals, though, which was another joyous thing to see at the Mercedes-Benz. A three-goal lead yet again at the Benz to walk out of the stadium. Carmen, I'm sure that felt good. It did. Absolutely. Because after they when they scored that, goal is right kind of right for half it was like yeah. oh geez here we go so yeah the 53rd minute is the one where they hit the post off the header 53rd. <clears throat> oh yeah that was one uh miles robinson yeah so that's another one where the the the, the winger had all day to cross it right mm-hmm. i think it is in the highlights 
It's in here somewhere. There it is, is right it? there. Yeah. So if you back up a back hair, up a hair. you'll see the guy who uh, yeah. has all day to cross it here. And again, that's a that's that's the problem. Like you said, in this league, right? If in you, any league, in any league at this level, <laughs> yeah. If if you've gotten a guy out wide Look like this him. with no pressure, he looks up and can play it in. Even if you're Miles Robinson there, like you're trying to you know yeah. defend it, like. That guy's a bigger guy than Miles. Miles like, is like all over him. He's all and this over. This is what him. you're yeah. so frustrated about as a center back. You're like, why are you giving him all day to pick out this yeah. guy? I'm all over him, and I still can't prevent that. Yeah, because it's a perfect ball, right? It's a perfect ball to go attack. The goalkeeper can't get yeah. there. The defender can't do anything, and there's nothing you can do about that. He's about as in as good a defensive position as you yeah. possibly could, and they should have scored. Yeah, that's a great uh, part of this highlight to go back to. I was thinking the same thing when I saw that. I was like, why does that guy have all day to just basically look down at <laughs> the ball? He's like, is it on the right part of the <laughs> right part of the grass? Okay, now I'm going to look up and pick up my huge striker in the middle of the field and put it right in his head. And Miles can't do anything about that. But then we get uh, another nice goal. Um, I think this one was a gift to... George Yakamakis for his 14th goal. I think he's now tied for 14. Or did anybody else get more goals than him? I got maybe he's tied. We'll, maybe we'll tied for the up. lead. So Mukhtar and he are tied. Mukhtar, he and and, um, and Costa or who? Uh, yeah, else? Luciano Costa. Right? Yeah, look at that. I see. I said I didn't do any research, but I guess I, I have to say you're on top of it, man. Uh, but yeah, what a what a, I mean, this is why Gigi's such a snake. And, I love him. And uh, yeah, the. I, I do think it did come off the defender last day. What did you think? Yes. Yeah. I think clear. I think Silva may have gotten a tap on it, but then the defender actually drug his leg for, yep. forward and it ended up passing it to Gigi. And right. So goalkeeper plays it out to the defender. Silva, Silva taps goes it. pressures him and then he just kicks the ball yeah. back. Yeah. And it looked like, oh, maybe Silva poked it. But in the replay, he didn't poke it. That yeah. was a defender who passed it. Now, yeah. he was stumbling slightly because of Silva. I don't think it's a foul. It would have oh. been the softest no foul ever. No way. So, to me, I think it's a goal because yeah. it's a pass foot, back. Silva's foot comes right on the side of his foot, and it may have, like, brushed the ball. But then that guy just drags his leg through it. And, and passed, what a classy finish. What a it finish. Was so nice. Goalkeeper's out. I'll just bend it over you. Yeah. A lot of people would have put that over the top. Yep. And I mean, that yeah. is. It's one is, touch, by the is, way. That is way harder than it looks. Yeah. Right? It's one touch. He didn't yes. even get a chance to, you know, most people take an extra okay. touch, right? He just yeah. lets it come across him. Watch, watch this play. Right, oh, show more of that. They let it come across him, and so nice. Yeah. yeah, and I have to apologize, Quinn. It was literally right after halftime, and I was coming back from eating, and I was talking to uh. Quentin, and we missed it. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed the last goal in this um, yep. again I, I think this shows some of the iq wolf has what a freaking ball from wolf right oh my god what? this is a sensational pass sensational pass to release it out wide yeah, it's a little bit a little further back, back than this yeah back back um no it's the 90th minute yeah, so there was a red card there, but yeah, this is good. You can probably let it run from, let it here. Run from here. But yeah, Wolf picks this ball up, uh, you know, on the far side of the field that he is on on the left side, and looks up and doesn't hesitate, right, Dave, and just plays a crisp ball all the way to the other side of the field. By the, by the way, I do think that was a red card. Now that we're on this, what was your take? Regardless, he was going to get sent off. But here Here's it is. Boom! Look at that! Look at that ball! <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then Mascara does, does a nice job of saying, "Hey, let me lay it off to Almada." So now Almada, instead of doing the Lennon cross there, does the IQ. Thing Here's the question: If that's Barry, does he make that run? And <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to say is, don't take your shirt off, man. Yeah, what he, didn't get, he didn't get a card though. He didn't. No, I what? Did. It's not supposed to be automatic. I, are you? Are we sure about that? I'm pretty really? sure. Go to the, go to the, the the things that is certainly on TV. They never showed I, it. They described it. I nothing. had the same observation. I'm like, is this just inconsistency of MLS? Is it reference? because yes. it was the end yes. and the guy was like trying I to think, get out? Well, first what of all, because happened? he had the thing underneath it, he wasn't like naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but go if you go well, back to the box score. Man, bro. So, so click on our match. It our match. No, no you, it's line. easier to go back. Go back and just click on Atlanta. No, no, yeah. Okay, just click on Atlanta, right. and then, yeah. <laughs> and then go to that match, right, Montreal, yeah. and just see what it listed it as anybody at cards. Just yeah. a red card. Just a red card. There you go. What? I was thinking the same I thing when you. I was watching it. I was like, they, did, they never gave him a yellow card. Because no, when, he threw, to be when he threw his shirt off, I was like, you idiot. Yeah, why, right? why, why pick up that? That was the first thing. I was like, why pick I up agree. a yellow card? Like, these are useless yellow cards. Like, as a coach, yeah, as a coach I would have this policy that would be ridiculous. Right. Like, like, you are out the next game if you do I agree. that. I agree um, with you, too. Yes. All right. So, in the, we, we, we showed the clip. So, the 88th minute, right? So the new player, Tiare, yeah. right? So he's super fast, I guess, or at least he was on that one play. <laughs> he runs back and he draws the last man back foul, right? So it was a red card for denial of a clear goal scoring chance. And we don't need to talk about whether it was actually that. But yeah. what was the interesting thing on the, on, the, on the broadcast? They were talking about not whether or not he should have been sent off. But whether that was a second yellow and then he gets sent off or whether it was a straight red. He went straight red. He though. went straight he red. He did, but he was already on a yellow. Right. right? Yeah. So that apparently, and I forgot to look this up. And so maybe if you're out there, you can hit us up on Twitter or in the commentary. What is the difference between a red card that came from two yellows versus a straight red? They were implying that there's a difference in the disciplinary I think committee. Is, yeah. I thought that, yeah. And like, I don't know what yeah, that I is. Was. I was like, who cares? He's off. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think there, I think there is. And I, I don't, again, this is right. I don't know if, I don't know how so that, I, meant, I, meant I don't know that. how that even applies in the EPL. I think it is a difference in the EPL as well. I think those are two different types of... I ha I've always thought that violent conduct versus not is a big difference, but there's no technical difference between a second yellow and a red. I think there is, but we'll have to prove me right or wrong on that. Um, okay. All right. So now we have been through our three matches, right? So I am going to pose the question to you again. Are we better than the formula, right? So I'll, I'll phrase it one more time. So we have three new players who are at least three new players. Tiara is a fourth, I guess. Mm -hmm. But Silva, Saba, Muyamba, the new signings. Um, you know, everybody's ranting about it. The team's looking so much better. But are we truly better than the formula? Has it made a difference? Mikey Dobbs. Now that you've talked yeah. about the three games. Uh, we, we are definitely better. Like compared to what the beginning of the season when we had Arizona. No, compared to the formula. Compared to the formula, which was founded on the first half of the season though. Yeah. But my so, point being that so so do you now expect this team to uh, win on the road against weak teams and or 
get ties against good teams, right? That the formula would say that our, that we can sometimes get a tie at home against the really good teams, yeah. and we can sometimes uh, and on the road we never win. We always get a, a tie against um, weak teams, and we get a, a loss against good teams. Would you change that? So I'm gonna I'm gonna give you. An answer you're not expecting, because usually I like to be irrational and just disagree with you and say, <laughs> they give you what you want, which is to say, uh, you know, absolutely, the formula's changed, like, we've got talent, uh, we're playing as a team, all things I think is are, are true. What I think could change the algorithm that we've been using here is that there's three games left in the season, and this this kind of applies to any sport, whether it's baseball or whatever. If you get hot at the end of the season, so I, I guess... I don't know the answer is, is my honest truth. I don't know if we've turned that corner or not. Like the pessimistic but side I'm of me. I'm forcing would, you to make a prediction, yes or no. So if you're forcing me because I'm an, because I want Atlanta United to win as a team, I'm going to say yes. No, from what you're watching. Okay, now now you're now you're changing. <laughs> from what you're watching. From what are I'm, we better than that team that was in the formula? Is so you know, this applies to the watching last, DC United, no. If you, this applies I mean, to the last three games, right? So we play Cincinnati, right? We play uh, D, uh, Philadelphia, and we play Columbus. Columbus is at home. Philadelphia, so Columbus is the hottest team in all of MLS. We play them at home. And we play Philadelphia, yeah. and we play Cincinnati, the top two teams in the East, yeah. on the road. So do you expect us to get what, – what would you say in those games? What do you expect? So I actually don't expect us to win on the road. Okay, I think we get that. Was it home against Columbus? It's home against Columbus. I think, I think they're a good team. I think we beat them at home. I also think that, that you might be right. We lose those both home games. But I, if away it, games, you mean away games. But as a fan, like which is where I was getting to, if we can win one of those, and if we win both of them, look out, MLS Cup. Mm, okay. Carmen, are we, we better asking? than the formula? So if you had to predict, so you got Cincinnati away, you got Philadelphia away, you got Columbus at home. The formula. But just, I just, just, just want to be clear. Us. As I'm, I'm, I'm with, <laughs> as far as like being logical, I'm with you, Dave. I haven't said anything yet, so you can't say whether I'm with you or not. <laughs> <laughs> so the formula would say the two uh-huh. best teams in the East would be losses on the road. Yep. Right, and the formula would say against a top team at home, that's either a win or a tie. Do you think that we are better than that? I do not think we are better than the formula. Not with these teams. Not with these really good teams. I, I think we will. Who's we- the best team in the league, though? Cincy, right? No. I'm just Who? saying, like, right now, like, if, you had to, if oh. they have all their starters. Oh, got it. Got it. So Miami? Hmm. Well, I wasn't going to say my because yeah, they're not but, even making the playoffs. Yeah. But maybe, not, yeah, but, maybe, okay. maybe. The best yeah. team in the league right now is Columbus. Okay. Okay. Columbus has been by far. If you take away, so the new coach comes in, Wilfred Nancy from from Montreal. Montreal has been a shambolic uh, franchise ever from the beginning. He got them into. They were a top five team last year, right? He gets he. Leaves Montreal, he gets bought out, goes to Columbus. In the first five games or whatever, seven games, whatever it was, they got off to a little bit of a rough start. Ever since then, they have been far and away the best team in the MLS, and they would be ahead of Cincinnati, 
all over that pace. Yeah. And to me, you say, oh, well, you got to count the beginning of the season, but you're like a brand new coach. He's only had how many sessions? It took a little bit of time. If you say from the from that time on, they've been the best team in the league. So if you had to put a bet, people, on MLS Cup champions, you know, at the odds, Columbus is your bet. Hmm. But, so you're saying, remind me. I am saying they are not better than the formula or or algorithm or whatever we're calling it. I think in these last games, we lose away. Ooh, it's Columbus at home? Mm -hmm. Maybe like a tie. Against Columbus. So you're saying two losses and a tie, which where does that probably put us at the end of the the playoffs? Seven or eighth? Well, first, let me weigh in what I say. Um, I think offensively, we are a much better team than we were before those players came. Right. We are first for the first time we are capable. We should be scoring two goals, even against good teams on the road. Yeah. Um, I think the DC United game was a bit of an anomaly that way. We didn't really look like we scored two goals there, but for the most part, we're going to score two goals on the road. No matter, no matter what we have not fixed, which is so symbolic. We should be able to fix our center midfield. We should be able to fix the outside back. And if we did that, I would say we should be way better than the formula. We should be fighting for MLS champions. Yeah. I think we are not have any chance of being MLS champions. Yeah. There's no such thing as us getting hot like that because we just have too many flaws coaching-wise, tactically, particularly in the back. That being said, I think our ability to score means that we are slightly better than the formula. So I would have said normally Philadelphia away, Cincinnati away, normally two losses, right? I actually think there's a decent chance we get two ties, Ooh. That being said, Columbus at home, right? Columbus at home, which should be maybe a win. We're tactically flawed. We give up stupid goals. I think that we probably get a tie. And then we get a tie on I one of I feel those. like we go tie, tie, tie. Three ties. Yeah, three ties. Maybe something like that. Or maybe two ties and a loss. Okay. But the formula would say two losses and either tie or win. Yeah. I think we are slightly better than the formula. Okay. But not good enough. If you, if you don't get in the top four, right, in the first round, it's a three-game series, right? A three-game series is so weird in, in soccer yeah, or football. That is weird. Because normally you have ties. You can't play three games, right? Because the reason why you play home and home <laughs> right. normally is because it's the goal differential. Anyway, cumulative score, right? Yeah. But that's not true. So we're playing three games. There can be no ties. It goes directly to PKs no matter what happens. So if that's the case, if we play on the road, if we're, a, if we're not a top four team, so we don't have home field advantage, then we play two of the three games on the road. I think you're, we're likely to win at home, even against the Cincinnati, even against the Philadelphia, we can score now. But on the road, we're likely at best to get a tie. We're going to lose in PKs. And I still think, despite the fact that we are clearly a better team, that we're still going out in the first round, mm. unfortunately. Uh, Predicting it early. That is an early but early playoff prediction. Now, right that's as of now. We'll see that's what happens over the three games. I could change based on yeah. what I see. But what I see is that we are – Better slightly than the formula. So I'm going to actually go more positive than you guys. I, I think know. we're better than the formula. But 
I think that we are still flawed enough. And to me, the thing that drives me nuts is you cannot look at our team and say that we should absolutely be a top four team. We should absolutely be challenging for MLS top cup uh, champions. We got the leading scorer in the league. We got the MVP of the league. We have the best, one of the top three defenders in the league. We have two guys who are designated players, basically, who are not even, you know, as attackers. I mean, we're loaded all over the field. How you cannot coach that team and be in the running for MLS Cup is is mind-boggling. Yeah. So... Yeah, I think we know where we stand on Pineda still. So, uh, the, the- and you just see it in these games, right? Even the Montreal game where we won, right? We won handily, right? We dominate off the, the beginning and we should have given up the first goal, right? He has no ability to eliminate the soft goal. And when you get in those soft goal situations and you and you double that up with the fact that we get open transitionally because we're shambolic defensively in the midfield, the best teams are going to kill that. If we were to play Messi in the playoffs, Messi going to score six goals on us. You cannot play transitional football against Miami with Busquets. You know, that's what happened to us in the League's Cup. Yeah. They made uh, us look silly. Yeah. yeah. Right? And that's the problem. Yeah. With that over-the-bop top ball, you cannot That is coaching you cannot get into that mm. now you can get into that with a messy list miami because then we win five to two we went up and down and we won that battle you cannot in the best games get into an open battle with good players they're gonna make you pay now you might say that's the gamblers in us right actually to be honest with you there's no better team offensively in the whole league yeah, we've got an amazing front line now. Saba Silva, Gigi Almada. Yeah, right, amazing. And maybe just like let's get it as open as possible and see if we can outscore them. Right. But I just don't think that's a way to go through playoffs. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's a good way to end it. Uh, wait, hold on. Oh, oh. I may have been distracted, but did we discuss the wine we're drinking? No. (laughs) Well, this is actually good because so for those of you out there, Mikey Dobbs, his, you know, his house wine, so to speak, is the McManus. It's a a Cabernet, right? And uh, he also likes the Pinot Noir, right? Yeah. yeah. So I I brought a McManus. So McManus, you can tell us about the McManus winery, Mikey Dobbs. I don't know a whole lot about it. You tell me. You drink. Mikey Dawson's like wine good. <laughs> it's, 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 what I'll tell you about the winery is they make uh, affordable wine. <laughs> it's Lodi, California. Is it Lodi? The, yeah. Okay. Lodi the, Ava is, is. I don't know what the heck Ava means. I don't know what Ava means. But Lodi is a region in California. This is the Petite Syrah. I thought I would would catch you, change it up. The Petite Syrah from yeah. McManus rather than. And so what do you think compared to your house wine? I, I, I like the change up for sure. It definitely has a very, I don't know, a different bite to it, I guess, than the, than the cab. I'm so, a big fan of Petite Syrah. I don't yeah. know why. I think it's terrific. But uh, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate the nod to uh, <laughs> the uncertainty that so the, uh, the, we have the last three games. The theme behind the wine, if you speak, is that Mikey Dobbs is close, but hasn't quite gotten it. <laughs> as as evidenced by the fact that yeah. I said we would tie one one at DC and he said we would win. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. Now I Un- think we're done. Unconvincingly, which <laughs> was. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>
Cane Rojas. Nice one listening, everybody.